conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. How quickly things can change around the world in just a few short hours, as was brought home to us all too graphically with the online videos from the Hamas terror assault on Israel beginning Saturday, October 7. I was going to start off today's program discussing the battle over the speakership in the Republican-controlled U.S. House of Representatives, which, by the way, is not chaos and weakness as claimed by the mainstream media outlets. On the contrary, it's healthy and an integral part of our democratic republic. Now, this political battle is now vastly overshadowed by events in the Middle East. The almost unbelievable barbarism perpetrated and celebrated by the Hamas terrorists against Israeli settlers and attendees at a rave music festival just outside the Gaza Strip in Israel that day and afterward, along with the overwhelming Israeli military response, have been etched in our minds as we have watched these events day after day since then. The military situation is changing almost by the minute as the world watches Israel's developing military campaign against Hamas in and around Gaza. The latest that I saw today that was claimed by some channels on YouTube were that uh, the Israelis had, or actually now in, they have boots on the ground in Gaza itself, the Gaza Strip. They're preparing to mount a major ground assault there, and the bombing campaign continues. There was a report that Israeli special forces had freed a number of the hostages taken on October 7th uh, from Gaza, but uh, I didn't hear much more about it. Not much more is being said about it in the mainstream media. Uh, Hamas also reported that some 13, I believe, uh, hostages had been killed in the ongoing bombing attacks. But all this, again, will have to be confirmed. So uh, recognizing the situation in Gaza and the rest of Israel can quickly escalate that, that it can quickly escalate, escalate into a regional, if not global, conflict engulfing many nations, including the U.S., I've been watching news events somewhat anxiously every day. And the most recent days, as I said, are showing that um, the latest information, anyway, that I've seen was that the Israeli military had begun entering Gaza and fighting back against attacks by Hamas-aligned Iranian-backed Hezbollah and related forces in the West Bank of Israel, Lebanon, Syria, and Egypt, including bombing attacks there and artillery. Uh, and uh, there were reports that Israeli planes had bombed the airports in Aleppo and uh, Damascus, where they were supposedly uh, trying to funnel supplies to the Hamas people through, from Iran. Predominantly Muslim populations and nations surrounding Israel are demanding that their governments take action against Israel and in support of the Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. Now, as I said, it's a very fluid situation, and while the sources I've been looking at are obviously pro-Israeli, I don't think things are going quite as smoothly as they say. But it does appear, despite their massive bombing campaign, it does appear that Hamas has still been able to launch some attacks, uh, infiltration attacks against Israel, as are the Hezbollah in the north, and <clears throat> that they're still firing rockets and things. So. With all this immense bombing going on in Gaza, it's surprising to me, but it does seem to me they are making, the Israelis are making significant progress. 
And as we watch, well, I wanted to say first, um, I could discuss the horrific details of Hamas barbarism in these attacks, but if you've been following news events, you are likely already familiar with them, and these details are widely available from Internet sources as well. While there have been apparently false reports about these atrocities, such as that some 40 children, Israeli children were beheaded by Hamas militants, this doesn't make these atrocities that did occur any less horrific. Now, of course, Iran is, is being fingered uh, by many observers as being involved in the planning for and approval of, as well as supplying Hamas and approving the attacks. But the U.S., I believe, is still at this point claiming there's no definitive evidence of that, and Iran is denying it. <clears throat> but Iran has been openly siding with Hamas and the Palestinians in the conflict and condemning Israel and support of Israel by the United States. In the immediate aftermath of the October 7th Hamas attacks, we saw a video of the Iranian parliament members chanting death to Israel and the U.S. <clears throat> as we watch the Gaza Strip, and particularly northern Gaza being bombed into rubble, it's only too obvious that the Palestinian people, including doubtless many, I would say, innocent Palestinians, are undergoing agonizing suffering and death, as well as the Israelis, who have been killed and maimed and wounded by these attacks starting last week. <clears throat> I'm no historian or authority on history and politics of the Middle East. I don't want to see the Israelis or the Palestinians oppressed, disenfranchised, destroyed, I recognize that there are deep and long-standing cultural, religious, and political divisions there that must be resolved with an outcome that brings peace and prosperity to everyone. But of course, that's a that's a daunting task and goal that has never really been achieved. Still, real progress in that direction must come, must continue to be worked for if the world is ever going to realize real peace and prosperity. But like I said, that's easy to say. While I keep seeing reports of Israeli military successes in their unending bombing sea and land campaign by obviously pro-Israeli news sources I've consulted, as is always the case in such devastating military activity, many people not specifically targeted as enemy forces are being maimed and annihilated as well as Hamas insurgents. The war is causing widespread indescribable suffering and death on both sides. As much as you have to acknowledge that probably at least large segments of the populations of neighboring Muslim countries are sympathetic and supportive, sympathetic to and supportive of the Palestinians in this conflict, and see Israel as at fault for it, and as an aggressor who has stolen Palestinian lands and oppressed the Palestinian people, many people in Western countries are equally shocked and horrified at the barbarity of the Abbas fighters and see their words and actions as a grave threat to Western civilization. With the scenes of Hamas slaughter of men, women, and children, and their calls for mass death and destruction of Israelis and people of other nations supporting Israel. It's not surprising that an Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu's call for an extermination of Hamas terrorists seems justified. Reports that Hamas surprisingly won an election in Gaza to gain control, political control of Gaza, uh, and I think it was 2007, <clears throat> Uh, would make it appear that the Palestinian people there overwhelmingly support Hamas. So, given the events with our own here in the U.S. Uh, selection, I would say, elections in recent years, I have to wonder about the validity of the, this Gaza election. 
Similarly, the U.S. deep state CCP-aligned establishment with its now substantial control of and or influence over our mainstream corporate media and governmental apparatus, including our judiciary, has relentlessly promoted the narrative that the American people freely and fairly, overwhelmingly elected Joe Biden with some 80-plus million votes in 2020 and overwhelmingly support him. I agree with Donald Trump that the 2020 election removing him from office was rigged and stolen, that the evidence for it is overwhelming and irrefutable. Unfortunately, we've never been able to show the evidence to the American public. And had we had the support to present that evidence to the American people, I believe they would overwhelmingly agree. The most sickening thing about all this is that the great majority of our judiciary, right up to a majority of our nation's Supreme Court, have refused to even consider this evidence of election and vote fraud. In any event, in hindsight, it's easy to blame the powers that be for the events unfolding before us now in the Middle East. And I don't want to be too much of an armchair referee here. On the other hand, responsibility for what's happened and is happening has to be taken by those in power. And the Biden administration is in power here in America, whether or not that power was obtained legitimately. Besides this, one thing that's obvious to everyone is that the arrogance and is the arrogance and self-righteous exuberance exhibited by Joe Biden and his administration in dismantling the policies and actions of the Trump administration. As I frequently pointed out, Joe Biden is essentially a greedy criminal. I see him as such a, a gangster, certainly a political gangster, if not a, in fact, criminal gangster, according to our laws. <clears throat> he certainly seems to associate with some gangsters. And his family and him have become fabulously enriched selling influence in his political offices and selling out our country over the years. This mount, the mounting evidence for this is, I believe, overwhelming. That selling out includes an undisputed at least $31 million paid to the Biden family by entities controlled by the Communist Chinese Party, the CCP. Not to mention other millions paid the Bidens by corrupt people in Ukraine and other countries. Hunter Biden, in an email to his daughter, complained that he was required to get half of everything he made, peddling influence in the Biden brand, as it's been called, to his father. But it's not just Biden family members who've been raking in money from the CCP. As Republican Congressman Michael Waltz of Florida has observed, the whole country is awash in CCP cash and influence, which the CCP has been diligently and meticulously working to establish, that is, influence over us for decades now. Like so many of our vile, venal business and financial elites who've been busy busy bankrolling and otherwise supporting the CCP in exchange for huge kickbacks in the form of profits, contributions, or direct payments from the CCP, Joe Biden substantially follows the agendas of the Communist Party USA and, more importantly, their masters in the CCP. Hence, the madness and hysteria of climate change. LGBTQ privilege and hegemony and other social justice initiatives are all the official rage today in the USA and are peddled endlessly in the propaganda brainwashing of the American public by the corporate and CCP-aligned mainstream media organizations and elsewhere among our CCP-bribed educational, governmental, and cultural elites. The CCP wants to see all the chaos and weakening of America being brought about by all this and publicly pays lip service tribute to these concepts. But in reality, the CCP rejects and will not tolerate them in China. This fact doesn't seem to register with our elites, the many leftist ideologues in the Biden administration and among the CCP's loyal worshipers at the CCP-serving World Economic Forum. 
there's no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden, who along with his family members, have been the recipients of so much CCP money over the years, loyally serves the interests of the CCP wherever and whenever he can, while at the same time trying to convince the American public he actually has their supposed best interests at heart. Such, and, and he does some of the examples of his helping the CCP would include his abandoning of Afghanistan to the CCP, halting new exploration for and development of fossil fuel sources in the U.S., along with attempting to outright ban production of all new gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles within the next decade, promoting transgenderism among our country's children and youth, and creating economic hardship among the American people, including the devastating inflation we're currently experiencing. Have you seen the latest federal government report claiming that the Nation's inflation rate has dropped to, I think it was 3.2%. Really? Ask the public what they think of this. I've seen prices for some food almost double in the last couple of years. Well, just about everything else has skyrocketed similarly. That is food, fuel. This is Joe Biden's and the communist left's America. As I noted earlier, Many observers are saying that the October 7th Hamas terror attacks on Israel and the ensuing regional conflict that's developing would never have happened without substantial aid and direction from the Iranian government. <clears throat> they are well known to support Hamas. Some say to the tune of up to 100 million a year, but that's not confirmed as I understand it. <clears throat> they also support Hezbollah, a much bigger terrorist organization, which operates out of Lebanon and Syria. <clears throat> One strange thing we've seen happening since Joe Biden was installed in the White House has been the notable softening of the U.S. stance toward Iran and the refusal, the Biden administration's refusal to enforce sanction against it imposed by the Trump administration. Now, why would Joe Biden and company be so eager to appease the world's number one designated sponsor of Islamic terror? Very simple, in my opinion. Iran is an important ally of communist China. Plainly, this is what China wants. And who benefits from the current conflict in the Middle East? Iran and China. There isn't time to go into much detail on today's program about these benefits to Iran and China, but to offer just a few examples, consider that Iran has been opposed to the approaching normalization, normalizing of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, a longtime opponent of Iran. Iran. Also, as I said, the Biden administration has been refusing to enforce Trump administration sanctions against Iran, allowing it to continuously sell huge amounts of its oil to China at discount prices, as I understand it. And as I also said, while the CCP touts the supposed need to combat climate change, it essentially does nothing about the fact that it is one of the world's worst polluters, if not the worst, and ex- from extensive use of fossil fuels and continues to regularly build fossil fuel-powered power plants and consume enormous amounts of fossil fuels all over China. Also, Iran, as the key ally of China, is a member of the BRICS coalition against the West. Iran's continued funding and other support of terrorism against the West serves to weaken the West and thus benefit the CCP, which has the long pledged, which has long pledged to defeat the West and dominate the world, which, by the way, is the long-established goal of international communism. While much is being made by Joe Biden and his handlers of their lately halting the earlier, well, it appears there's pressure on them. I'm not sure if they actually have or they're saying they're going to or they're thinking about it, halting this deal where they, which they worked out with Iran in exchange for some hostages to be freed by Iran. 
to unfreeze six billion in frozen Iranian assets, which was supposedly only to be used for purchase of humanitarian things like food and medicine. It's only too obvious that Iran can then use other money it had for supporting terrorism around the world. But even this six billion pales compared with the vast cash reserves Iran has built up selling its oil to China and other nations. I read that when Trump was removed from office in the 2020 election, Iran had something like $5 billion in cash reserves. Today, it reportedly has about $30 billion. Besides this, do you really believe the Biden administration's attempt to negotiate a deal with the America-hating regime to control, in control of Iran to prevent their developing nuclear weapons? Do you think that would be effective? So again, we see that old Joe and his handlers have been busy propping up the world's number one sponsor of terrorism to help out their CCP masters. I have to conclude that what's been happening in Israel and the surrounding region today is at least in part, if not wholly, due to the actions and inactions of bumbling Biden and those who control him. And this would include his big-time supporters, leftist billionaires, and the corporate elites with all their money in China. Here's some comments by President Trump on Biden's $6 billion Iran hostage swap deal. Please sound by one, please. On the anniversary of 9-11, the Biden White House just struck a deal with Iran to do a prisoner swap and release $6 billion in frozen Iranian funds. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a $6 billion ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America to the world stage. But even worse, this decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving $6 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Just as when Obama sent the Iranian regime pallets of cash for hostages in the dark of night, remember, plane loads of cash, Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. Here's an audio file of an article carried by TheEpochTimes.com on October 10, uh, having to do with Trump's comments about the Hamas-Israeli conflict and having it, it having the possibility of plunging the world into World War III. Please, please play sound by two. Trump says attack on Israel a sign World War III is coming. Wolfborough, NH former President Donald Trump warned that the shocking and brutal attack by militant Palestinians on Israeli civilians over the weekend has the makings of World War III. In speaking to a massive crowd today in Wolfborough, New Hampshire, President Trump drew ties between the Biden administration's flooding of young male, military-aged unvetted immigrants into the country and the Pearl Harbor-style attack by Hamas. He referred to the immigrants as some of the same people who just attacked Israel and said that under Biden's open border policy, the United States has allowed tens and thousands of terrorists into our country. We are in grave danger of having World War III, President Trump said during his campaign stop. This will be world obliteration. This is a real deal. President Trump said that he would stop World War III if re-elected. In reference to the ongoing attack by the Kremlin on Ukraine and the scenes of war in Israel and Gaza, he said neither bloodshed would ever have occurred under his command. 
He also brought up the massive cache of military weapons the Biden administration left behind in Afghanistan when talking about the Israel attack by Hamas, an Islamic militant movement with ties to other terrorist organizations. Ghazi Hamas, a spokesman for Hamas, told the BBC that the group had received support from the Iranian Islamic regime in its ambush of a small farming town in Israel. Weapons The Council on Foreign Relations published a warning today, on October 9, that Hamas has potential relationships with the Taliban, which seized the $7 billion worth of U.S. military equipment left behind in the Biden administration's 2021 withdrawal from Afghanistan. President Trump and others, including Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor, along with some U.S. veterans, have speculated that video footage of the unconscionable brutality committed by Hamas militants against both Israelis and nationalists show American weapons being used in the attacks. The theory remains unsubstantiated, with Democrats quickly debunking the suggestion as a radical conspiracy. The Biden administration initially reacted to the attack with a post on X, formerly Twitter, advising Israel to stand down and not respond to the grisly ambush on Israel, which included the shooting down of at least 260 concert-goers at a music festival. The post was quickly taken down by the U.S. State Department but not before it ignited national outrage from those with the opposing view. In a comment on X, Senator Ted Cruz called on every single person involved in drafting and approving the post to be immediately expelled from the U.S. government. Len Khodorkovsky, a former deputy assistant secretary of state during the Trump administration, called the Biden administration's call for Israel to stand down pathetic and that it emboldens the terrorists and endangers the civilians. The White House has since stated that it unequivocally condemns the attack of Hamas. Americans are among the hundreds dead or missing. Dozens are also reported to have been taken hostage by Hamas. President Trump's appearance in New Hampshire was his third since the Israeli attacks, with two preceding ones in Iowa. He drew so many supporters that a line of them wrapped around the Kingswood Arts Center, a large-scale state of theater performance center at the Kingswood Regional High School in the Lakes region of New Hampshire. His call to end the U.S. Department of Education to leave such policy-making to the states received an especially robust round of applause from the crowd a proposal that has also been made by other GOP 2024 candidates including Nikki Haley, who has also received enthusiastic support. Trump v. Al Capone President Trump also talked about the double standards behind his unprecedented indictments, saying he has been more of a target for prosecutors than famous career criminals. Al Capone only got indicted once, I got indicted four times, he said. He questioned why he got indicted for complaining about transparency and accuracy of the 2020 election results, but former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton did not when she complained about the 2016 election results in the same way. Mrs. Clinton, who lost against President Trump, called him an illegitimate president on national television and implied that he knows he stole the election. The Make America Great candidate referred to those prosecuting him as a bunch of cuckoo birds and said he ultimately considered the indictments a badge of honor because it was a sign he is fighting for the future of America. He also talked about other double standards and hypocrisies, 
such as the Biden administration's refusal to tap into our country's domestic oil reserve to protect marine life. Instead, pushing wind turbines that are known to kill marine life. He even drew parallels between the Democrats' enthusiasm for electric cars and transgendering kids. Under a Trump administration, gasoline-powered engines will be allowed but child sexual mutilation will not, he said. Mr. Trump did not make any mention of the proposal to make him interim Speaker of the House, an idea he has said publicly he would consider. A survey released over the weekend by YouGov shows that Republican voters overwhelmingly support a future House Speaker that is loyal to Trump. According to the survey, which was conducted on behalf of CBS News, 84% polled called for a House Speaker who would back President Trump and his policies. Mr. Trump is seeking re-election as U.S. President on a crowded GOP ticket. He maintains a more than 50% lead over other candidates for the party nomination. The closest to him is former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Trump can hold all the overflowing rallies around the country he wants and polls, which can be rigged like elections, can show surging support for Trump, just as they did in, in, in Trump candidates, the supposed red wave coming to red as an election, Republican electioneering wave in 2022, which is blunted, but with rigged and stolen elections, and which was blunted by those rigged and stolen elections, it won't make any difference, and we're going to end up with another globalist, communist, CCP-backing president and governmental apparatus unless real progress is made in ensuring truly free and fair elections before the critical 2024 presidential election. Now here's audio from a discussion by former Trump administration officials Steve Bannon and Cash Patel on Bannon's war room program October 9 as to why the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency and renowned Israeli Mossad intelligence service apparently missed the signs of the approaching Hamas attacks. Bannon is a former U.S. naval officer and advisor to Trump. Patel is a lawyer and was deputy assistant to the president and senior director for counterterrorism on the National Security Council. He has also served as chief of staff to the U.S. Department of Defense. Patel is author of the new book, Government Gangsters, The Deep State, The Truth, and the Battle for Our Democracy, which I have just begun reading. In this discussion, you'll hear Patel note that Joe Biden has directed the CIA to divert its resources away from fighting international terrorism and toward fighting climate change. Play sound by three, please. I'm honored to have Cash here. Cash, you only got about a minute and a half. Just you, I want to make sure we start by reading your piece in Gateway Pundit. Uh-huh. is about the Biden administration uh, missing the beginning of World War III. What did you mean by that? Yeah, and it's a piece that the mainstream media didn't want to run with because it contradicts the defense industrial complex narrative. We'll get into all that. But the, the main genesis of the piece is how did we miss it? How does the best intelligence infrastructure in the world miss it. And this is where I get into an argument with a lot of the folks, even on our side of the aisle. They think, oh, they had it and just decided not to do anything. That reality is way worse. What happens is in the national intelligence uh, infrastructures, you have to set priorities. President Trump yes. set priorities. Yes. What are we going to do? We're going to kill terrorists. We're going to go after yes. al-Qaeda. We're going to go after ISIS. We're going to take on Iran and yes. make sure they don't get a nuclear weapon. Look, under Trump, you had peace. Uh, Bibi is just, actually has just announced, remember, they have a uh, 
Gaza's besieged right now. They've cut off electricity. Uh, the IDF has cut off uh, water. They've cut off food. Uh, they've been doing airstrikes. Just announced, coming across the wire, Bibi has told uh, Joe Biden they're going in for a ground operation into Gaza. So stand by. We're going to take a short commercial break. The question is, how did you know you, you got Brennan lecturing you all the time? How did the CIA, the Mossad, and really the best is the IDFs, the Israeli Defense Forces intelligence apparatus, their equivalent of DIA? Mm-hmm. How did they? This this thing took a year to plan. They weren't looking. The logistics. You're, we're going to make sure. If I I will commit to you, we will not let the typical spin and and cont and lies just go on and on and on. The Israelis are calling this a combination of Pearl Harbor and 9-11. We still don't have the truth on Pearl Harbor or 9-11. Let me just be blunt about that. And I've gone through every document, every commission. I think they had six or seven on Pearl Harbor. This is of utmost importance to this audience. You are the rising political power in this nation. You're the conscience of this nation. You're the conscience of working class people. You're the conscience of what has made this country great. It is most important for you you to get this right. Cash, first off, David Ignatius, as our audience knows, is a spokesman, essentially a mouthpiece for the CIA, for the <laughs> National Security Apparatus, correct? Yeah. you got to help me out here, brother. IDF, and the Israeli Defense Force military intelligence, may be the best in the world. Better, we have DIA, which is the arm, which is five times the size of the CIA. We have IDF's intelligence operation, I think, is pound for pound the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mossad, then you have the CIA. We have 17, you know, mm-hmm. you have NSA. It is impossible, impossible. This thing, it was a military operation on land, sea, and air with what 5,000 missiles, paragliders. It's over a geographic, although Israel itself from tip to tip is about from the southern border of Virginia and North Carolina to Baltimore, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not a a huge – but given that, they were all all the way from Tel Aviv to Gaza. This took months. The Wall Street Journal said months, I think years, of planning, logistics, recruitment, training, finance, and people don't talk about this – they had Palestinian journalists embeds. There were Palestinian journalists embeds. This, this, this is a full. This was like us going into Iraq in uh, in two thousand three. A, a well, I, I shouldn't say well thought through, but a logistically thought through where we actually had embeds. It is impossible for the intelligence apparatus between the United States, and, and not, not just that, let's, let's, it's the Saudis and UAE, their intelligence apparatuses work with, the, work with the Israelis and work with the United States. It couldn't have happened. It's impossible for it to happen, sir. No, it's not. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's not impossible. It's, and it's not a miss. That's, that's a mainstream media sort of slapstick title. Here's what happens. In the intelligence community, yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said about the talent and quality and nature of us and Israel and everybody else. And when you have an intelligence community that is directed at the single mission set of protecting America against terrorists, Al Qaeda, Hamas, 
Iran, nuclear weapons. Then you collect on that information. Remember, as good as we are, we only have so much bandwidth. And what I talk about in the op-ed is this thing called the National Intelligence Priority Framework, the NIPIF. It's pretty simple. The document itself is classified, but this isn't rocket science. If you have the ability to direct your intelligence community against the threats we just outlined, like we did in the President Trump administration, then your full machinery, your full manning, and your full money go to those threats and those lines of efforts. But if you force, by presidential edict, the intelligence community and the national intelligence priority framework to shift to, I'm not kidding, climate change, if you force it to shift to challenge and take on Trump supporters and domestic violent terrorists, then you, by law, are shifting the behemoth away from that azimuth and putting it over here. So it's an intentional decision that caused our resources to be diverted to satisfy a radical left-wing agenda. And I'll give you the best example I can give you. The first concept of operations, the first CAM plan distributed by the Biden DOD under Secretary Austin, the very first one out of the gate. And what that is is just how the DOD operates its priorities. The first one for DOD, climate change. The Department of Defense okay. was instructed by Biden let's say, okay. to make that the priority. For purpose of this discussion, let's say I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a major shift between domestic, between looking for MAGA, mm-hmm. right, and, and climate change. In the IDF, they have three existential threats. Mm-hmm. Hezbollah to the north, yeah. right? Uh, Hamas to the south. And the Persians, who both Hamas and, 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 and Hezbollah report to and are funded by. My point again, even with the, 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 the lack of focus and misdirection and the weakness of the Biden regime, and that is unquestioned, still people in the IDF and Mossad and elements of the CIA and NSA that deal in that area could not have missed something at this scale. This is not a terrorist attack. Right. This is not going. This is not the typical thing you see in Gaza. This was an air, sea, land military operation, highly coordinated, with planning, logistics, finance, recruitment, training. The, the, their first hit was 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 uh, was flawless, and they had Palestinian journalists as embeds. They had the, the people in the in the in the media, the radical media architecture of that knew it. Ergo. And the Wall Street Journal even reports that the, that the Persians spent weeks, if not months, playing it. I happen to think it's longer than that, a year. In all of that, it could not have been missed. It's impossible that, to miss that. We're saying the same thing. I'm not saying it's just a miss. That's what I'm saying. It's not. The ground pounders, our guys and gals that, were rec- that have been taking on that threat, saw and detected it. I'm sure just like the IDF, though I don't have much fidelity into them. And someone in between them and the top said, no, this is not our priority mission set. I don't care what intelligence you've brought me. We are to go Are you away. telling me you think they brought the intelligence and they said because it's not climate change, we're not going to look at it? You yeah. had Jeremy Bash, who was chief of staff over at the CIA. This is, I'm going to play this Bash thing later. That's the mindset that's in this town right now. What he laid out, and even Alex uh, Witt was in shock. She goes, "Badi, badi, badi." You're talking about a full-scale, massive um, Middle East war, uh, in, including naval assets going after naval assets uh-huh. of the Persians in the Persian Gulf and in the North Arabian Sea. Of which, as a young naval officer, I was there the last time the Persians grabbed the hostages. Right? Was it seventy-eight, seventy-nine, eighty-nine? Seventy-nine. 
I was there with a, a carrier strike force in Gonzo Station and Camel Station. Yeah, this is what the, happens when you combine the the failure of the prioritization of the intelligence apparatus with people at the top, okay. government gangsters who want Forget to Forget the Biden's incompetent and Blinken's yeah. incompetent. And these guys can be fired. Correct? They ought to be having freaking hearings right now. Forget Kevin McCarthy. Have the hearings right now of, of the incompetence of this thing. But is the, the IDF, did the IDF during the BB, this BB uh, fiasco with the ju- justices uh, six weeks ago, didn't they sign a letter or something saying they weren't going to support BB if the country d- d- had passed these laws? Yeah. Is, is, and I hate to say, but I think we got to ask tough questions. Yeah. Is the Israeli Defense Force, which has always been the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're on the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur War. Where, where they were caught by surprise. But there they knew about the buildup. They didn't know when the strike was going to come. Here they didn't know anything. Because mm-hmm. they they say, in their own words, it's Pearl Harbor and 9-11 combined. Which means they didn't know anything. Which means, is IDF, is IDF up to the task? I mean, we're talking about, they're talking about a Syria, Hezbollah in Lebanon, take on right. the Persians in a land right. war, go after naval assets. Jeremy Bastian, go after naval assets. But there's one, Is IDF up to, up to the task? It seems like they haven't been. And there's one thing we're missing out of all of this, and this is the thing I hate to admit. Hamas is funded and trained by Iran, the IRGC, and the Quds Force. And as much as I hate those guys and they are number one enemies, they are supremely good at what they do. Is Hezbollah not the best land, best uh, paramilitary land army in the yeah. world right now? Funded, is there and, any, any doubt? funded and trained Train. by the Iranians. Exactly. Here's more analysis on China's role and benefit from the current Middle East conflict. This is from NTD Television's China in Focus program. I believe it's October 9. Play soundbite four, please. More on the situation in Israel. India believes Chinese technology was used by Hamas to bypass Israeli defenses this weekend. NTD's Chris Spears spoke with economic and national security analyst Antonio Gorsefo about the Chinese regime's role in this new war. Antonio Gorsefo, thank you for joining us. Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping said over the weekend that Israel should grant independence to Palestine. We know that the Chinese Communist Party... There's always some kind of uh, a hidden agenda behind the scenes with them. Why might it be in the CCP's advantage um, to advocate for independence of Palestine? Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, in addition to calling for an independent Palestine, he's also refused to condemn these attacks on Israel over the weekend. And there's a number of reasons why China would benefit from closer ties with Palestine. Uh, this includes undermining U.S. hegemony in the region. Uh, and also oil, economic interests that uh, China is trading with both Iran and Saudi Arabia, and they need Israel to be out of the picture. Now, we know Iran backs Hamas by providing funding and equipment. You've noted that China and Russia both bypass trade sanctions on Iran, helping them financially. Given this, how should we view China and Russia's role in the attack? So there is, there's definitely a link in that, you know, China, China, uh, underwrites the uh, Iranian regime and the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran is credited with having supported Hamas credits them with having supported their invasion, helping them plan it, giving them the go ahead. We also suspect that Chinese technology was used to breach uh, Israel's uh, defense perimeter. 
And should the international community hold China and Russia accountable for this indirect financial assistance? And if so, what should that look like? I think that's definitely going to happen. We've shown that the Ukraine war is showing that the U.S. is very willing. The international community is more willing now to use secondary sanctions. Uh, over the weekend, I believe 25 more uh, Chinese companies were sanctioned for supporting the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And now there's going to be massive sanctions on Russian and Chinese companies that support Iran. As you may see here, we... There appears to me to be a sort of a civil war going on within our government. We, Biden and his people often want to help the Chinese and their allies, whereas other people in the government want to do their job, want to make sure we, we're doing the right thing to protect the American people. And so we have the situation today where we seem to be doing some things that are helping us and some things that are against our help but uh, and, and protection of us. And despite the greedy fools among our financial business, government, and cultural elites worshiping communist China and eagerly and deeply being involved in business affairs with the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP has always declared the West, and particularly the United States, as its enemy, which must be defeated and subjugated. Now, I just saw the other day a new episode on David Zhang's China Insider program on YouTube, in which Zhang talks about the CCP's three wars strategy of defeating the U.S. and West by ensnaring it into regional conflicts around the world, ensnaring its involvement into regional conflicts, the U.S. and West, that is, around the world to the point where the West would be unable to intervene in Chinese aggression and hegemony and ultimately be able to, China would be able to defeat us. You may also be aware of the two CCP People's Liberation Army Colonel's book, which I think is titled Unrestricted Warfare, in which they lay out the CCP plan to destroy the USA and West via via any means possible, including through biological warfare and political infiltration and intrigue. If you've listened to previous episodes of this program, you may have heard me cite claims by retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General Thomas McKinney elections integrity activists Mike Lindell and Patrick Byrne and journalists Mary Fanning and Alan Jones through their website, theamericanreport.org, and others, that the CCP has apparently been provided with the plans for and has constructed their own version of a super-secret CIA-developed supercomputer system called The Hammer and an elections interference program used with it known as Scorecard. The CCP has reportedly been using this system to wage massive cyber attacks on U.S. electronic elections equipment nationwide in recent elections, flipping millions of votes cast for Donald Trump to Trump-endorsed candidates to and and Trump-endorsed candidates to Joe Biden and other candidates favored by the CCP and American political left. And this has been done, by the way, with a lot of help from rhinos, rhino Republicans, as Republicans in name only, and what. Nor Bin Laden calls Anos, that is Americans in name only, who worship the CCP. Then we have the widespread allegations and evidence of equally massive paper ballot fraud, especially in the key swing states that decide presidential elections. Our own Federal Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, within the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, has confirmed what cybersecurity experts in our universities have been saying for years 
that all election electronic election machinery and software are vulnerable to hacking and vote manipulation. Patrick Byrd has stated that the CISA report about this lists nine specific vulnerabilities, which are in fact security failures for which there are no known fixes. Yet some states actually have passed laws, as I understand it, requiring the use of electronic voting equipment. Why hasn't anything been done to fix this horrible security threat to our elections? It would appear that the only things to be done would be to for the state legislatures to eliminate use of electronic elections equipment and take over corrupt city and county vote counting operations to ensure that state and federal election laws are observed and enforced. Maybe there's other solutions. I don't know, but um, certainly we should be getting involved in this, shouldn't we? The U.S. Constitution states that state legislators, not courts, governors, or cities and counties, have the authority to determine the manner and timing of their elections. It's imperative that our state legislatures, at least those supposedly controlled by Republicans, that is real Republicans, not rhinos or anos, go in and take control of the corrupt vote counting operations in in their cities and counties, such as Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and that would include Maricopa County, Las Vegas, and elsewhere. This needs to be done with elections management personnel loyal to these legislatures to, again, take control of these cesspools of corruption for the CCP and political left and ensure that the state and federal laws are observed and enforced. As I see it, if these critical reforms are not enacted and soon or something similar that will be effective, we can say goodbye to America as we have known it and bow down to encroaching totalitarian globalism, which is in fact communism, and even perhaps communism openly, as our new way of life. If this happens, don't be surprised if you wake up one day not far away and discover that Americans have actually voted overwhelmingly to give up all their money and possessions for the greater good of worldwide humanity. And to revamp our living document constitution for the betterment of that humanity, the result of which will be no real First or Second Amendments or any of the other rights and precious freedoms we've taken for granted all our lives. That's all for another show today. As always, we hope you found our content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted in the next few days on the Jim Benson Show pages here at bbsradio.com. While you're at it, look over the videos posted there as well. Look for us again two weeks from today in the same time slot with another live show. Have a great rest of your day and evening.